stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insight and understanding from the Word of God. Here's Rick. Welcome to today's program. It's the end of the week. It seems like these teachings have just gone like that this week. We have covered so much material in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now we're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where we're talking about end time events. And today particularly we're going to see what the Bible tells us about the Antichrist and who is stopping his manifestation right now. Who is the great restrainer? You know, there's a lot of ideas about that today. We're going to cover them all, and we're going to see what the Bible says. But I want to tell you that I'm offering you my brand new series, which is called The Coming of the Antichrist. It comes in 10 parts. This series is so good. I'm just enjoying it. And it comes with a study guide. The two of these together are dynamite. The study guide is loaded with all the points all the Greek words, all the principles, everything we're covering in this series is in the study guide. It is like a banquet that is set on the table for you. And when you have both of these together, it is really powerful. And right now we're also offering you my brand new book. Oh, please get it. This is Friday. It'd be a great day for you to go online or call and order your copy right now. It's called Last Day's Survival Guide, a scriptural handbook to prepare you for these perilous times. You know, this year, there's been a lot of perilous things happening in the world. And I wrote this right before all those things began to take place. This book is really on time. The Holy Spirit preparing my heart to put together a survival guide to help people. People sitting at home this year, wondering what in the world is happening, what's going to come down the pike next, what do we need to do, how do we survive these times, how do we protect our kids, what about our grandchildren? Those are really good questions. Those questions are all answered in this survival guide. Last day's survival guide, the foreword is written by Perry Stone. You will love this. My friends, you've got to grab your Bible and your boots because we're going to stomp through these in days with a victory of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. But you need this survival guide to help you do it. And when you order yours, order several because I'm sure you're going to reorder anyway because this is a book you're going to want to share with your family or your friends. And for those who become partners, we always send you a package of books as our way of saying welcome to the partner family. When you become a partner, you really put gas in the tank of this ministry. You know, we are a ministry. We are the machine. We're ready to go, but we have to have gas in the tank. And when you become a partner, you financially give and pray for us. Wow, you put gas in the tank. And suddenly we're able to take the teaching of the Bible to the people who need it. That's what happens when you become a partner right there in the privacy of your home, just going online by yourself, or picking up the phone and calling. You don't even have to leave your couch or your chair or wherever you are, and immediately you can do something that will make a difference in somebody else's life every single day, and you need to do something to help somebody else. God will bless you for that. But when you become a partner, we'll send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone. I love this book. And we'll send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. This is what we always send to anybody 
who joins our partner family. And if you're a partner already, Denise and I love you. We pray for you every day. We pray for God's blessing on your life. But hey, reach for your Bible. I've got my Bible. I hope you have yours. And let's return in our Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And today we're going to begin in verse 3. We've already covered verse 1 and verse 2. Today we're going to go back to verse 3 and then we're going to move on. But when we come to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul writes and says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, that day refers to the rapture of the church. He refers to that day because he talked about the rapture of the church in verse 1. So now he says that day, talking about the rapture of the church, will not come except there come a falling away first. We'll cover that again. And then that man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition. So we know the Antichrist is going to be revealed after the rapture of the church. Then in verse 4, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or all that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Verse 6, And now ye know what withholdeth or restrains, that he might be revealed in his time. But let's begin today in verse 3 where Paul says, let no man deceive you. No man in Greek is a very strong prohibition. Paul is very sternly and strongly saying, no man, absolutely no man, let no man deceive you. And this word deceive means to cheat, to seduce, to take advantage of by trickery, to deceive by giving distorted impressions using any means to promote delusional teaching or delusional thinking. The Thessalonian believers were listening to guys who were trying to teach prophecy, and they were not equipped to teach it. Therefore, they were teaching it wrongly. Maybe they really had a sincere motive, but they were wrong. They were actually saying the rapture came and they missed it. Well, that would really upset you. And these were new believers. They thought they missed the rapture and thought they were now living in the tribulation. And Paul in this verse says, don't let anybody mislead you or deceive you with delusional information. Keep your head on straight. That means you need to know what the Bible says. And by the way, thank you for listening to our program because we believe in the Bible. We teach the Bible on this program. We need to know what the Bible says. He says, let me deceive you by any means. By any means, I would translate, don't give them an inch. Don't give them an inch. Refuse to let them dominate you. The reason I say dominate is because it uses the Greek word kata, which always carries the idea of a dominating force. Don't be subdued by their delusional information. Don't give them an inch. Don't let them dominate you with their manipulations. By any means, don't give them an inch. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And now Paul, in the first century, points to the very end of the age, and he says at the very end of the age, just before the Antichrist is revealed, there's going to be a falling away in the world. Now, there's also going to be a falling away that takes place in the church. You can read about that in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. But in this verse, he's talking about the world. He's talking about the world at large. Plutarch used this same word, falling away, the Greek word apostasia, to describe a political revolt. It really is the word for a revolt or a mutinous attitude. We find the same word in Joshua 22, verse 22, where it describes a rebellion 
against God, a turning away from the Lord. It really is a mutinous attitude, which means we don't need you anymore. We're not going to follow you anymore. It is a revolt or a mutiny against God. The text here points to a mutinous attitude that will develop in society toward God at the very end of the age. The Bible prophesies it. And my friends, I think you know we're standing in the middle of it today. Wow. And that has to happen first, the Bible says. Why? Because a world 50 years ago would not have been ready for the Antichrist. 50 years ago, the world was a good place, a moral place, based on the Bible. We lived according to the norms of Scripture. Today, the world has moved away from that, and the world has become a lawless place. The world has been under a secret plan that has been being carried out right under their noses and they haven't known it as the world has been being modified to come to the end of the age where it shucks off the word of God, throws off past standards and says we're not going to live by those old things anymore and now there's a whole generation that doesn't even know the Bible. It's really the truth, you know it is. It is a lawless world. Lawless does not mean all the time filled with rioting, even though you may see that. It's a lawless attitude. We're going to make up our own law, live the way we want to live. And when the world becomes lawless, then it will be primed and prepared and ready to embrace whom the Bible calls the man of sin. That's what's next. The word sin that is used here is the Greek word anomia. The word nomos is the word law. You put an A on the front, it becomes anomia. It means the man who refuses to live by past standards. He probably will claim to be a progressive thinker, the leader on the cutting edge of a new world and a new way of thinking. I'm going to lead you into the future. And because people have thrown off the standards of the Bible, they will be willing to follow him as he leads them into a lawless world or a world free of God's domination. And the Bible says he will be revealed. Well, what does that word revealed means? Well, the word revealed, the Greek word apokalupsis, the word apo means away. The word kalupsis describes a veil or a covering. When you put the two words together, it really means to pull the curtains apart, almost like you would see on the stage of a theater. When the curtains are pulled apart and suddenly behind the curtains appears a character he was there all along, but you couldn't see him because the curtains were closed. And we find that after the rapture of the church, when the church has been removed, you're going to see that in the next programs, the curtains are going to open and there standing on the stage will be a man who claims he is the answer for the world. But the Bible in this verse says he really is the son of perdition. The word perdition, the Greek word apoleia, this is such a disgusting, disgusting word. The word apoleia describes anything that is doomed, rotten, decaying, or ruinous. It is the very word you would use to describe meat that is filled with maggots. Have you ever found meat filled with maggots? That is just disgusting. It's rotten. It's decaying. It's stinking. It's just horrible, the stench of it. And that is the word used here by the Holy Spirit to describe the Antichrist. Though he claims to be a leader on the cutting edge, a progressive thinker to lead the world into a new day, the Holy Spirit says, in fact, he is the son of perdition. Everything he touches will be doomed. Everything he produces will be filled with rottenness. It will become a maggot-filled world, spiritually decaying. Wow.
And I would translate the verse like this. Here's the RIV of 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. In light of these things, I urge you to refuse to let anyone take advantage of you. For example, you won't need a letter to tell you when the day of the Lord has come. You ought to know by now that that day can't come until first a worldwide insurgency, rebellion, riot, and mutiny against God has come about in society. Once that occurs, the world will be primed, prepared, and ready to embrace the man of lawlessness, the one who hates law and has rebellion running in his blood. This is the long-awaited and predicted son of doom and destruction, the one who brings rot and ruin to everything he touches. When the time is just right, he will finally come out of hiding and will go public. You know, I think it's very interesting that when you read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and Paul describes the rapture of the church. The Bible says we're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. That word caught up is really formed from two Greek words, the word apa, which means away, and the word harpazo, which means to snatch out of danger. When you compound the two words together, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. It's where we get the idea of the rapture. It means it's probably going to take place in a very difficult moment when we're probably looking to heaven saying, God, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. The word harpazo means to snatch out of danger just in the nick of time. The rapture will be a divine rescue operation instigated by the Lord to snatch us out just in the nick of time. And when the world becomes exceedingly lawless, we will be removed. And when we are removed is when the curtains will open and this man will step onto the stage. But hey, let's continue to see what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. Here it describes the Antichrist as one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Well, first of all, when the Bible says who opposes, oh, that's very important. Because though he claims to be the leader, a progressive leader on the cutting edge of a new frontier, the truth is he's opposing everything from the past. He is the one who opposes. He is against everything that is established. He is against, that's what we call him the Antichrist. Anti means against. He's against anything that reeks of Christ or anything that is formally established in the Word of God. He is the one who opposes everything past. He will claim to be leading the world into a new day. He'll oppose everything old and will exalt himself. This word exalt means to exalt oneself exceedingly too much. He will exceedingly exalt himself. And this verse says, above all, that is called God. The word above, here is the Greek word epi. Hmm. Because of how it's used in this verse, it carries an idea of superiority and also domination. He'll enforce himself over all forms of religion and he will exalt himself above in a superior way that he's above all that is called God, which includes more than Christianity. All that is called, the word called, the Greek word means all being called God. And then Paul elaborates, or that is worshiped, anything that claims to be divine. So he will claim to be above every form of religion. He will particularly be against Christianity. He is the Antichrist. But in the end of the day, 
he will claim that he is greater and superior to every form of religion. And because the word epi is used in the text above, that's the word above, it means he will have a crushing effect on all form of religion that opposes him. And the verse goes on to say, so that he as God sitteth in the temple. The word sitteth, the Greek word katidzo, which means to be permanently seated. He's going to take his place, the Bible says, in the temple of God. It doesn't just say in the temple, it says in the temple of God. The word temple is the Greek word naos. The word naos describes a temple or a highly decorated shrine. However, it is exactly the same word used in the Old Testament Septuagint to describe the most sacred innermost part of the temple or the holy of holies and because it says the temple of God most prophecy teachers believe and I think they're right this refers to a future rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and that the Antichrist himself will walk into the holy of holies where Cathedzo he will sit himself as God in the holy of holies well, there is not a rebuilt temple yet. Wouldn't take long to build one. Wouldn't take long to build one, not with current technology. But that is still in front of us. And the Bible says, showing himself that he is God. The word showing, the Greek word apodeknumi, means to indisputably demonstrate something. To give outward evidence, to outwardly or observably prove something, to authenticate something, to guarantee a claim to those that are watching, to prove by showing, to display, to make a vivid presentation or a demonstration, and apodeknomy is the same word used many, many times in the New Testament to describe the signs and wonders which proved the gospel. So just like signs and wonders prove the gospel, this verse says the Antichrist will bring forth supernatural activity he will use to authenticate that he is God. And when people see these signs and wonders, which later on in the text, Paul refers to it specifically and calls them lying signs and wonders, people will be in awe of him. He'll be sitting in the Holy of Holies showing himself that he is God, trying to prove that he is God. And the RIV of this verse is... Do you understand who I'm talking about? I'm talking about that person who will be so against God and everything connected with the worship of God that if you can imagine it, he will even try to put himself on a pedestal above God himself, sitting in God's rightful place in the temple and publicly proclaiming himself to be God. Then in verse 5, Paul says to the Thessalonians, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And then in verse 6 he adds, And now you know what withholdeth that he, the Antichrist, might be revealed in his time. Well, here's the big question. What is postponing and stalling the manifestation of the Antichrist right now? Well, the Thessalonians should have known because Paul told them. That's what he said in verse 5. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And then in verse 6, he begins to remind them of what he told them. And now you know. The word now is the Greek word noon, which means now at this very moment in time, in this very moment, you know what is withholding him. Now, here's the big question. Who is the one that is withholding evil? 
Who is the one mentioned in Scripture that is the restrainer, the hinderer, the one that is holding back the manifestation of the Antichrist? Who is the one who withholds? Well, the word withhold is a Greek word, kadeko. The word kadeko means to hold fast, to hold down, to hold back, to suppress, to restrain, or to hinder. It tells us there is some force in the world today. What is that force? Who is the restrainer? That restrainer is holding back, holding down, suppressing evil. The restrainer is stalling, delaying, and postponing evil. Evil wants to flood in and take over, but some force is holding it back. Paul says there is a power in the earth that is withholding it from happening, restraining it. So who is the great restrainer? Well, there really are five possibilities. Let me give you what the early church believed. Number one, the early church believed, you're going to be shocked, it was the Roman Senate. That's what they believed because they believed if the Roman Senate wasn't there, Nero would have unleashed all of his evil in the empire. And they believed it was the Roman Senate, but we know that's not right because they came and they went. It wasn't the Roman Senate. Some people believe that it's God Almighty himself. That's number two. Third, some people believe that it is the Holy Spirit. It can't be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's always going to be in the earth. He's never going to be removed. Some people believe it is the church. And some people believe, believe it or not, that it is Michael the Archangel. And the reason they believe it is Michael the Archangel is because in Scripture, Michael the Archangel is the Archangel who deals with evil. We find in the book of Daniel, he's holding back evil forces. We find in the book of Jude that Michael the Archangel is the one who's holding back Satan and arguing with Satan. So there are five possibilities. Number one, the Roman Senate. We know that's not right. Number two, God himself. Number three, the Holy Spirit can't be the Holy Spirit because he's always going to be in the earth. Number three, some people, uh, number four, some people believe that it is the church. And the last, some people believe that it is Michael the archangel. I'm going to tell you who it is or what I believe. What I believe the scripture is very clear about. Look at what it says. It says the one who withholds. I personally believe this is the church. And as long as the church is in the earth, the church is the restrainer that is holding back evil. Just imagine if the church was abruptly removed. No restraining force left in the world. And when the church is evacuated from the earth, that is when he's going to be revealed, the Antichrist. Here's what it says. And now you know what withholdeth that he may be revealed, that word revealed again, the Greek word apokalupsis. In a moment's notice, the stage curtains are going to open. The Antichrist is going to step onto the stage. And that's going to happen when the church is evacuated. I'm going to show you that in the next verses next week as we continue this series. But the Bible says it will happen in his time. Even in his time is so important. The word time is the word kairos. The word kairos means season. It is also the very same word for an opportunity, which means the Antichrist is going to step forward in his preset season. He is going to seize the opportunity. He's going to be an opportunist. It tells us the Antichrist will be revealed at an appointed time when the restraining force has been removed. He cannot be revealed as long as the restrainer is standing in the way. And I would translate, here's the RIV, 
of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 6. Listen carefully. Now in light of everything I've told you before, you ought to be well aware by now that there is a supernatural force at work that is preventing the materialization of this person and the disclosure of his identity. This restraining force I'm referring to is so strong, that's talking about us, that it is currently putting on the brakes and holding back the unveiling of this wicked person, stalling and postponing his manifestation. But when the right moment comes, this evil one will no longer be withheld and he will emerge on the world scene. The screen that has been hiding his true identity and guarding him from worldview will suddenly be pulled back and evaporated and he will step out on center stage to let everyone know who he is. But as long as the restrainer, the withholder, is in the earth, he cannot be revealed. He cannot be revealed. So if you have anybody tell you that the Antichrist is about to show up any day, he's not going to show up till we're out of here. That's going to happen when we're gone because we are holding him back. My friends, we are God's supernatural restraining force. Now you're going to find out in the next verses that we are going to quickly be removed. And when we are removed, that's when he's going to step onto the stage. But we're out of time. I'll be back in just a moment and I want to pray for you. People often talk about the coming of Jesus, but once Jesus has raptured the church, the Bible says the Antichrist will be revealed to the world. In one split second, the Antichrist will come out of hiding and go public. In the 10-part series, The Coming of the Antichrist, Rick Renner delves into this end-time subject like you've never heard it before. Based on 1 Thessalonians, Rick explores verses that can be difficult making them easy to understand. Since we are living in the end of the ages, we need to know what is coming in the near future. If you are interested in what the Bible says about the future, then this is one series you need to digest. Rick answers, who is the Antichrist? What will he be like when he shows up? When will he be revealed to the world? What is stopping him from being revealed right now? Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $20, you'll be so glad you invested in this powerful series. In addition, you can order Rick Renner's book, Last Day Survival Guide. This spectacular book will awaken you to the times we are living in and will equip you to sail through these times successfully. We are in the last days. You and I need to know how to thrive in this last day's environment. This is one book you must have. Right now, you can get Last Day Survival Guide for just $25 wherever books are sold, in stores and online, or by going to renner.org. Don't delay ordering your copy today, and don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now, or go online to order. We have covered so much material this week, I don't know if you can possibly remember it all. That's why I want you to order this series called The Coming of the Antichrist. It's 10 parts. It comes in multiple formats with a marvelous study guide. My friend, this study guide is so wonderful. I think it's my favorite part. You know, I'm a writer. I really put everything into these study guides. And when you have the study guide and the series together, wow, it is so powerful. I also want you to order my book. Please order it today. It's Friday. It's a great day to order it. Last Day's Survival Guide, a scriptural handbook to prepare you for these perilous times. My friend, you need this survival guide. You can order it by going online or you can call us right now. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have anointed us to be your powerful restraining force in this world today. And we accept the assignment 
In Jesus' name, amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. It's true. Let God's word work in you today. And I'll see you in the next program. We're going to pick up right here. It's going to be great. I'll see you then. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at runner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.